0: This is the Heritage Cookbook Project podcast, where we connect with cooks across the country to talk about food memories and family recipes and learn just a little bit more about one another. And I'm your host, Leigh Olson.
1: My name is Jenny Field. I am a food blogger and a recipe developer and a connector of people.
0: During my chat with Jenny about Angel Slices, I learned how patience can lead to bright white icing, how altering a recipe can inadvertently strip us of a memory that connects us to someone, why the original joy of cooking has a woman fighting a dragon on the cover, and how a favorite pastry can make a small child brave. So the the recipe that you submitted is called Angel Slices, and it's a, the original recipe is from The Joy of Cooking by... Irma Rombauer, uh, which is, as Julia Child calls it, uh, the fundamental resource for any American cook. This is not a cookbook that I owned, and I was surprised that I did not have this in my library, but I have fixed that. Good. Okay. I went out yesterday and got the 1964 edition, which is, it's littered with other clippings that the original owner kept in there, which I always love when I find cookbooks like that. And I also uh, bought a facsimile of the first edition. Oh, wow. Yeah. which I bet that's pretty cool. It is really cool. And what's really very interesting is the cover art, which is a woman who looks like she's beating back a dragon. So- <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to have to figure out what that's all about.
1: That is very interesting, but I firmly believe nobody should really own a brand new copy of Joy. I think that you should always find a used copy that has been loved by somebody else. I love that yours has a bunch of clippings in it.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful. This was a recipe that your mom and grandmother made. Is that correct?
1: Um, My mom and my Auntie Ev. Auntie Ev would make them. And hers, she cut very, very small. And they were very precisely cut. And the icing was like bright white on top of them. And moms, they weren't cut quite so precisely. The icing wasn't quite as white. And Uncle Ray used to always tease her and say that she wouldn't wait until the bars had cooled completely. And he's like, you just need to be more patient, Jane. So they would always like tease each other about whose angel slices were the prettiest. (laughs)
0: So that was one of my questions because I found a recipe that was very similar to this. We talked a little bit about this offline um, that's called a Danish pastry. And when I was making them, because this was a handwritten recipe, um, there's just enough information on there so that you know what the recipe is. But those super secret tricks about when to frost and when not to frost. And I wasn't sure on mine. I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to let this cool or if I'm supposed to pour this icing over it.
1: Right. And people just assume like, I'm just going to write it down really fast for you. And you can ask me if you have any questions. And then that person eventually is no longer there and you have no one to ask. So
0: exactly. it's And, that, and that's been one of the fun things looking at these old recipes from recipe boxes is that there was an assumption that people knew these specific tasks that apparently the cook always knew.
1: Well, I think, you know, back in the day, more people really knew how to cook and bake and they understood the techniques. And so people could write these recipes down in kind of a shorthand. These days, in the in the days of just going to the internet and trying to find a recipe and everybody, you know, they're requiring, they're almost, like readers are almost demanding that the recipe teach them every single thing that they should need to know about how to bake to make this one recipe because they don't necessarily know the overarching techniques. They don't understand those sorts of things. They just want to know how to make this one thing. And they're not interested in generalizing those skills across multiple recipes. So as recipe writers, we literally have to make sure that there is no way that they can mess it up. That we try and come up with every single instruction that they need and to be as specific as possible so they can have you know, 100% success rate with this one particular recipe, because that's what they're looking for. Recipes one at a time, as opposed to teach me the techniques so I can do this on my own. Because I guess people don't feel like they have the time to learn.
0: Right. That's such an interesting thing to think about the fact that we do consume these recipes one at a time, rather than trying to um, build that technique and understand that this technique can be used over and over in multiple applications.
1: well, that that's really the reason that I started blogging was to teach these overarching techniques, and I have a lot of that. I mean, you know, a lot of my older posts are they focus on techniques and you know what ingredients do in in your baking and that sort of thing. And I found that, People weren't, I mean, there are always going to be people who are interested in that, but the vast majority of people just were looking for a recipe. They didn't want to necessarily learn how to make a cake. Generally speaking, they want to learn how to make this one specific cake.
0: You're right. As a recipe developer, you have to make sure that that one specific cake is successful for that one specific person coming to your site.
1: I used to get kind of annoyed, you know, and and like, why don't you people just want to learn how to make a cake? But then I realized, you know, this isn't about you. People aren't out on the internet searching for you. They're searching for an answer to their questions, and they're searching for a recipe that is going to solve their problem of how do I make a particular cake for a particular occasion. And so now I sort of take it as a challenge to be that one-stop shop for people, to be able to write a recipe that is so detailed that if they follow it, that they will be successful. And I try to anticipate any questions that they might have and try and help them troubleshoot before anything goes wrong.
0: Well, and I think it's so important now that we don't have a lot of... Um, heritage that we're passing down to our children. It's not something that you hear much anymore standing by your mother's knee and watching how she did this or that, or your grandmother's knee. So I think that it's a very important service that that you provide to people.
1: I hope so. I feel like a sense of obligation. Like if somebody is going to go out on the internet and search for a recipe and they're like, Oh, this is it. And they come to me and I let them down because it's not what they were looking for. Or I don't explain everything that I have lost at blogging.
0: I think that that's a really beautiful way to approach that. And I, I think that you are actually extending yourself into the homes of other people and that you do understand what their expectations are. And that it is important for them to be successful.
1: Yeah, it's just, it was a whole, it had to be a mindset shift for me though, because at first I just was so grumpy, you know? And then I was like, no, people are trusting me. So I need to come through
0: for them. I love that. Coming up after the break, Scary Scary Basements, Electric Trains, and Taste Memories. This episode of the Heritage Cookbook Project podcast is supported by Bob's Red Mill. When you're making those treasured family recipes, don't leave the quality of your ingredients to chance. Visit bobsredmill.com to find out more about this employee-owned company, their products, and how you can fill your pantry with them. With their products, not their employees. And now back to Jenny and the Angel Slices.
1: The, the version that my Auntie Evan and my mom make, and that is also my favorite, of course, is the one that I grew up eating and in the headnote for that recipe in this older copy of joy that I have, it says, and I quote, "Many a copy of joy has been sold on the strength of this recipe alone, which that's like that's like a big, bold statement, right. There's like hundreds and hundreds of recipes in The Joy of Cooking, but people are buying it for this one recipe and like, perfect. They'll never change this recipe. So then I got a newer copy of Joy of Cooking back in the 90s. It was like 97, 98, something like that. And I went to go make the um angel slices from that recipe and they had changed the recipe. And it still said Many a copy of Joy has been sold on the strength of this recipe alone. I was like, dudes, you changed the recipe. How could you possibly do that? So um, I don't like that version as much.
0: So how did they change the recipe in the the later version?
1: Well, first of all, they made it in a smaller pan, which I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't want a 9 by 13 pan of deliciousness, but they made it for a 9 by 9 pan and they added some butter to the glaze which completely changes the the nature of that bright lemon and the crunch and part of the the beauty of that recipe is that the icing is thin and crackly on the top and if you put butter in it it loses the crackle and it also mellows out the sharpness of the lemon so it's a completely different experience, not nearly as good as far as I'm concerned. But there might be people who grew up with that version who wouldn't like the original. But for me, I like the original version.
0: Do you think it's because of different preferences during that time period? or
1: I think that they just decided decided to tinker with it just Mm. because they're like, you know what, let's see if we can't make all these recipes better. But maybe they forgot that Taste memory is super important to people. Mm. You know, and altering a recipe, even just a little bit, can be the same as like taking a memory away from you.
0: That is such an amazing point. Talk to me a little bit more about taste memory.
1: People will spend decades of their life trying to recreate grandma's fudge or their aunt's I don't know, cake donuts or something. Even if I find the exact combination of ingredients and the exact technique to give them exactly what they remember, it's still not going to taste the same because that person isn't making it for them. So it's all wrapped up in emotion and memory and, you know, the taste and aroma as well. But you can't really separate one out from the rest. It's just a whole. But I think at the end of the day, when you lose a person that used to make something specific for you, that part of that search for the recipe is trying to get that person back. You know, a piece of that person. So it can be kind of bittersweet.
0: And on the topic of it's memories, hard to say. This is what every Jenny time had I to say them, about her fondest memory of Angel's every license.
1: time. I remember when we used to go to see. Auntie Ev and Uncle Ray, we would go to stay for a good week and a half with them at Christmas time. We would drive up, and um, Auntie Ev used to keep all of the tins of cookies down in the scary, scary basement in the freezer. And we were the two youngest, my brother and I. We were really the only kids. Everybody else was more or less grown and um, we would sometimes sneak down into the scary, scary basement to, you know, like open a random tin and grab a cookie out. <laughs> but, um, so they were so good that we would brave the scary, dark basement to get those
0: cookies. <laughs> what was scary about the scary, dark basement? Just that it was scary and dark?
1: Well, Basements are just scary in general, you know? Unless it's a finished basement. This was like a partially finished basement, but it still kind of had that cold going down into a tomb kind of feeling to it. Um they did have down there this um train set that was on like a big piece of plywood that I guess Uncle Ray had worked on with his son Ken. Um, And it was an, I guess, an HO, the little trains, not like the bigger version, but the the small electric trains. And again, from decades ago. um, And they had this whole thing set up the track, and they had hills, and there were buildings, and things would light up. And it was just, you know, even the call of that train set, which was pretty awesome train set, Still, it was in the scary basement. We're like, well, we can't go down there and play that by ourselves. We have to wait until some adult will go down there with us because, I don't know, basements are just scary, even with trains and even with the cookies in the freezer.
0: When I asked Jenny what sagely advice she would give to those of you who want to make the Angel Slices recipe, her desire to ensure that you have the most successful experience possible becomes absolutely evident.
1: Be patient and let them cool all the way so you have nice, bright, white glaze on top instead of beige glaze. Um, They will still taste as good, but they just won't be as, like, strikingly pretty Um, if if you don't wait for them to cool. Um, also, they're super easy to make. I on purpose made them this time without even pulling out the stand mixer. I just used a hand mixer. You could probably even make the cookie dough shortbread portion with a wooden spoon if your butter is soft enough. Um, and then you just press that into the pan, bake it for a few minutes until it sets up. The filling literally dump everything in a bowl and stir it together until it's uniform. You pour that on top, bake it, let everything cool. And I didn't consult joy. I just threw some powdered sugar in a bowl and then squeezed lemon juice in until the glaze was about like Elmer's glue kind of consistency. And then just dumped it on top and spread it out with an offset. And it's a really thin layer. You don't want a ton of that glaze because that lemon could overpower that sort of wonderful butter scotchy filling filling um, because it's a stronger flavor. So you just want a really, really thin layer. So I think I probably ended up with maybe, I didn't measure it, but maybe a cup and a half of the glaze to spread all the way across a 9 by 13 pan. And it's a very, very thin layer, but It shines through, so you don't don't look at it and go, "Oh my goodness, I don't think that that's enough glaze," and then make more and put it on there, and then you kind of like lose the balance. If the lemon were too thick, then you wouldn't be able to taste this wonderful mellow, nutty, coconutty goodness in the center. They're they're one of the things that I like so much about the bar, and I guess it's part of what I liked about it when I was a kid, but I couldn't name it. But it's just like There's tons of different textures in one little bar. You've got this wonderful, short, crumbly, shortbread kind of base. And then this sort of chewy with a little nutty, like mellow crunch layer. And then this sharp crack of this crisp glaze on the top. And all of those textures together Mm. are just magic.
0: Yum. That sounds so good.
1: Yeah, they are delicious. I highly recommend that you make some at your earliest possible convenience.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jenny. I so appreciate this and I have loved our conversation.
1: Thank you for talking to me and thank you for letting me share the angel slices with everybody.
0: If people want to find you, how do how do they go about finding you on the web? The blog
1: is pastrychefonline.com please come and visit you can also find me on facebook of pastry chef online or make friends with me i am jenny with an i dot field i'm on twitter at pastrychf online i'm on instagram at online pastry chef i'm on pinterest at online pastry
0: CHF. i'm all over the place come find me. And do go find her. She, if you have (laughs) questions about pastry or cooking, Jenny's got answers for you. Thank you for being here with us today. If you enjoyed hearing Jenny's memories about angel slices and want to hear more stories like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could take five minutes away from the mixing bowl and leave a rating and review, it would help us to reach more people. The full recipe for angel slices can be found at theheritagecookbookproject.com, and don't forget to register for access to the printable cookbook pages. Thanks. Oh, and the artwork on the original Joy of Cooking was done by Irma Rombauer's daughter, Marian Rombauer Becker. It's an illustration of St. Martha of Bethany, the patron saint of cooking.